Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this, and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. Okay, so I'm sitting here, and I've got... uh... Dana Monroe on the line. So Dana, I'm just going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Um, so I'm Dana Monroe. I live in Denver, Colorado. I work at a company called Kafaru International. Um, I am originally from Utah, a central Utah, small town. I've always loved the outdoors, but I've never really gotten into the whole hunting thing until the last few years. and. Um, just kind of dove right in and now I'm working for you know one of the in my opinion the coolest hunting company in you know in the whole hunting industry so that's well let's just get right to it there that (laughs) you cannot beat the fact that American made quality materials from sourced from America yeah and made here that is something that's hard to find today yeah, and especially with these trying times that we're going through right now, I think that's even of more importance because we've seen what happens to uh, production as things happen in other countries, and we also know that viruses and other things could possibly be shipped here. Um, but it's it's I think that's very important, and not only that, but to stimulate and support the local economy, create jobs. That's an amazing thing to have and also be part of. Yes. So, yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious, though, because uh, you and I talked a little bit before uh, we started the recording, but how did you actually get to work at one of the coolest companies <laughs> in America in the hunting industry? <laughs> oh, it's a really funny 
I mean, it's it's just so random. I I went to the Western Hunt Expo in Salt Lake a few years ago, and just kind of walking around, I um I met uh Brian that earlier that day, and you know, and told him I'm like, hey, where's Aaron? I I'm really interested in meeting him as well. And so I came across Brian. Brian's like, hey, Aaron, let me introduce you to Aaron. He's right here. And then I just started talking to Aaron, um, you know, um, clicked with him right off the bat. We were just, you know, conversation was great. And then um, I just I just talked more and more with him, met him and Frank, um, spent spent some time with them at the at the expo and then stayed in contact with him after the expo. And I came out to Colorado to visit my sister and went on a hike with them and then, you know, stayed in contact, stayed in contact. And then a few months later, I was talking to Frank and they, he was like, hey, come out here and work for us. And I was like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> and I think I asked him about three times if he was actually serious. And he's like, yeah, you know, we, we have an open position. I think you'd be good for it. So um you should you know you should really think about it and so uh you know I I I talked to I I wasn't really serious about it at first and then I talked to my mom and three weeks later I moved to Colorado so I was just kind of whirlwind into this (laughs) this life so that's pretty awesome (laughs) um I, I got to ask though, let's rewind it a little bit then, because at that point you were already into hunting or it had piqued your interest, right? Because you were at the Western Hunting Expo. Yes. Um, yes. So and I... if you knew who Aaron was and you knew who Brian was, you were watching Gritty at the time, YouTube videos or something, right? Right. Yeah. I okay. I had just kind of um, gotten into the hunting, gotten, gotten interest into hunting not long before that maybe um maybe eight or so months before that i i started getting into it more i gotta say i'm kind of jealous i've never been to the western hunting expo (laughs) i wanted to go this year but it's like how how do you plan you know limited amount of time you're still you know working a full-time job whatever and then trying to take time away to go and do all those things yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's a but, crazy show. But one show. of these days, I'll go out there. I got a buddy, Keith, if you're listening right now, Spike Bull. I told you <laughs> I'd buy you a dinner or something when I come out there, and I will one of these days. But uh, um, yeah, so, okay, you're, what made you decide then? Because you, you said you've already peaked it, but I know you're an adult onset hunter and pretty new to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, what made you want to get into hunting? I mean, you, you didn't grow up around it or anything like that or maybe it was around you but you weren't actually part of it right right yeah I was around it and my dad hunted my my whole life but um I think what really got me into it was was more I started getting more and more into fitness and more into you know the health the health side of things and that just drew me into the hunting side because I wanted to you know provide my own meat and good sources of meat and I think what really ended up like the what really drew me in was the bow hunting because my dad had been rifle hunting his um my whole life but um he he bow hunted when he was younger 
but once he had kids, he just didn't have time for that anymore. So that was what really drew me in and, and got me hooked was the bow hunting versus the rifle hunting. Yes, it's definitely appealing. So did you uh, shoot archery at all before then or no? No, nope. I, I think I shot a bow for the first time at the Western Hunt Expo maybe the year before. Um, I think I just went one day and with my dad and we kind of wandered around and I shot a bow and I shot one arrow and I was absolutely hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, I need a bow. I have no idea what I'm doing here, but I need a bow. Like that was so fun. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it is. I remember, I remember my first time my dad, uh, my dad, it was an old hand-me-down bow and we kind of got it fitted to me and tuned, you know, and my buddy had his compound bow and that's, you know, I wanted to shoot with him. And I mean, it was brutal cold out and we'd <laughs> shoot a, a, what, a, uh, like a bag target in the basement of my parents' house that they just built because it's like super empty down there, right? Yeah. And it was like 20 yard shot most. <laughs> but by the end of that winter, we were, we were hurting arrows pretty bad. Yeah. My dad was like, all right, you guys got to stop. Take it off. Because <laughs> it was, you know, breaking knocks off the big old double XL aluminum arrows back yeah. in the day. And it was fun. But yeah, that <laughs> definitely set, set my things in motion. And it was quite a few years later that I started hunting, but just yeah. the archery aspect of it and that's what I started out I started out archery hunting long before I ever picked up a shotgun yeah. or even a rifle it yeah. was that's what it was there's just something about it that I don't know what but I love it like I I just absolutely love it I think there's kind of a you know like a primal appeal in a way it it appeals to something different there's more of a connect yeah. When you're when you're drawn back, you're closer on an animal. You got to control your heart rate even more than when you're shooting a shotgun or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely a different uh, different mindset. Yeah. And oh, the oh, and the sure. proximity too, just the proximity, the fact that you're you're trying that much harder to be that much quieter, stealthier, yeah. getting on that animal. It's it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be that much better to get to get in that much that closer or that close to an animal for, you know, to be successful with a bow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. Um, your first, your first hunt you went, you did a Hawaii hunt. Um, so the first, the first animal I killed was um, an antelope with a rifle down here, uh, down in Southern Colorado. That was, that was kind of like my first, you know, my first experience drawing blood. So it was, oh my gosh, it was a whole rush of emotions, but my first bow kill was in Hawaii, yes. So what, what was like, I mean, what, what was going through your head? I mean, <laughs> did you have like a mentor, did you have a mentor or somebody with you Yeah. when you were doing it? So you could at least like, you know, rely on them for, okay, is, is it ethical? Is it good? Is it? Yeah. What was that like? Yep. So I, I have a friend out there, um, on Maui and he, he was with me pretty much the whole time and he's, you know, he, he knows kind of my, like my skill level. He's like, all right, if you're comfortable with this, you know, go for it. You know, he's that there's an animal right there. It's, it's a good animal. If you, if you're comfortable, then, you know, let your arrow fly. And then I did. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what was, uh, what was like the range of emotions though, when you're antelope? I mean, 
it's obviously your first dance. That's something. Yeah. Something entirely different. I remember mine. Uh, of course, my buddies were there. You know, it was like you had to play the play the macho card in front of your your bros, right? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I don't know if I thought about it as much because I mean, obviously, I've you know, there was other things that have been killed, small game and whatnot. But like your first big game with a bow, I think it was for me. It was more like just straight up excitement that like man i worked three years for this four years for this however long it was before i ever shot one with a bow when it happened it was it was more excitement just to contain myself yeah you know oh yeah and try and play it cool (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy because you do work so hard and it's i mean with a rifle you can go out shoot a couple shots you know get zeroed in and there's not a whole lot of work that has to go into that. But with a bow, you, I mean, if you're, for me, I know a lot of people don't do this, but I practice year round. I am in the archery shop year round. Once it gets warm enough, I'm out at 3D courses. I like, I, I practice for September all year long. And, and, you know, my other hunting that I've been lucky enough to do, but it's, there's so much work that goes into it that it's like that rush of accomplishment once you once you arrow that animal it just rushes over you and you just it's so much relief and just appreciation for all your hard work definitely definitely but i hear you keep your cool during your shot <laughs> yeah so, someone might have <laughs> Someone on another podcast might have said you might have a little bit of ice in your veins. <laughs> I Not guess so. Not any names, but it's probably your Yoda. Yeah. Or, I mean, how great is it to work with somebody like that with that knowledge, though? I mean, especially as, like, a newer hunter. Yeah. I mean, you could, when he's around anyway, right, you could probably go to him and ask just about anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mean, what What do you think is probably, like, the dumbest thing you've ever asked him or, like, embarrassing? <laughs> Been like, hey, Aaron, what, what do I... Well, I don't I don't know if I've ever asked him. I mean, I'm sure I have. I I'm not sure I've asked him really dumb questions, but I save more of those questions for, you know, for other people. I'm like, "Hey, I know this may sound stupid, but let me just ask you real quick." <laughs> but right. but he's really great. He's, you know, he he does an awesome job of helping people get into the whole, you know, hunting thing and he 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 keeps me on the right track doing it the right way. Like he, he doesn't want me getting lost in, you know, the, the glamor of it. He, he wants me to do it the right way. And, you know, he, he, he does a very good job of helping me whenever I need help. You ever watched Star Wars, Dana? (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever? Okay. So, I mean, he's like freaking Yoda. You have your own Yoda. (laughs) You realize that, right? He is, but he's also, he's not around a lot. And, a lot of people um, think they're like, oh, you have Aaron and Frank, You're, you've got it so good, but I don't get to go out hunting with them. <laughs> <laughs> they they do force me to to do a lot of the work myself. Like they're not, they'll help me, you know, with maybe with areas. They're like, I've seen some deer here. Um, you could try here. You could try here maybe. But I mean, even if they do that, I still got to go in there. 
I also got a hike up the mountain. I spent pretty much all this last year, I was by myself almost every day this season, except maybe six, six days, I think. And, and so I, everybody thinks I've got it a lot better than I do, but I mean, I still, I still am very lucky to have them at my disposal for questions and, and all of that, but I'm still very much on my own (laughs) in the whole process. No, but I I think that's good though. I mean, that having that knowledge or that, that, that springboard to bounce your, your thoughts off of, especially, I mean, the dude drops more knowledge, (laughs) shares more information I'm just saying, like, realistically, he really does. Yeah. He shares anything. And I, I mean, I've seen Q&As that he's done on Instagram that are like, I don't even know how long <laughs> they are, but I get tired and I exit out of them because I yeah. can't take reading another question. And he'll do that for an entire day and every answer, he'll take time to answer every question. Yeah. And so I'm just, I mean, but the, the fact is, is, I mean, look at how many days a year that guy spends, how many animals he drops. Yeah, he, he knows those things, and you having that, just yeah. a, able to ask him and actually talk to him about it, and um, I mean that's cool. But I think, I think you know, just because you're not going out there with him, you're, you're still. Uh, I mean, you've got the knowledge now. You've got the the foundation that he's probably you could ask him. You know, anything, yeah, pack whatever, and then go out and do it, and you're going to learn so much more by actually going out there and either doing it or failing or you know, anything like yeah. that. Right. So yeah. now you're just going to be that much better off. You're going to be way better than anybody else who's been uh, <laughs> tagging along with the mentor and not pulling their weight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think like it's, I mean, I wish I could go out with him. I, I wish more than anything I could go on a hunt with him and Frank, just, you know, just to learn from them because they've been doing it for so long. They are such like seasoned veterans and everything, but it's, I mean, it is really good for me, and they're they're like, you know what? You need to learn this kind of thing um, on your own. There's no way to learn it other than being out there and and making those mistakes. So they they do kind of force me to go out and learn learn some of those lessons the hard way. But I I do take as much as I can from them, so I can hopefully avoid some of them. But. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I make mistakes every time I go out. Yeah. It's just a, it's a learning experience, right? That's part of it. You know, the the mistakes make you learn a whole lot quicker than any success does. Yeah. There's, there's times when I probably, I thought I kicked something (laughs) up and and didn't have a chance or something like that. And I should have just stayed. Yep. Waited for that animal to come back and I didn't. Yep. I don't know. I know one instance that, I'm not going to get into details of it, but uh, that deer got dropped, and I'm almost positive it's the same deer that I kicked up, and it was a monster. It's a record book deer. Oh, wow. What are you going to do? Yeah. Mistake. Mistakes are made. <laughs> yeah. But so what What do you think is the best piece of advice he's ever given you? Who? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably just to get out there. I mean, you're not going to learn anything from your couch. Like if, if you're not out there, you can't kill anything. So, you know, get out there, 
put some effort in and hopefully you'll if you work hard enough you can make it happen (laughs) that's true put the miles on and put the time in right yeah yeah you're not going to kill an animal from the couch so that's absolutely (laughs) i wish i had more time to get out (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) that's another thing is somebody's got to be at the office to (laughs) to work so that's usually that's usually me so what do you, what are your actual roles there in the office then? What do you, I mean, are you, I know you're like social media stuff too, right? Yeah. Is that... Yeah. So um, re- I kind of recently uh, within the last, I don't know, maybe three, four months, I've, I've really gone into kind of strictly social media uh, marketing stuff like that. And then I help with, with some of the customer service stuff. I just, I'll fill in kind of when I'm needed, but I'm, for the most part, social media and marketing. Gotcha. So, um, obviously, you know how to fit a pack and, and yeah. tell people what they need to look <laughs> for. You want to talk about that a little bit? Like, say somebody's looking to get a pack. What do they need to know? And then how do they adjust it or fit it once they get it? Yeah, so so the biggest thing is um, there's our, our system. We have an external frame in uh, like some frame type packs. So the first thing is you determine the application that that you're going to be using it for. Because if you know if you're going on a 10 day backcountry hunt, you're going to need something a lot different than if you're going on you know a, a hunt out in Illinois for the day. Uh, you know, sitting in a stand or just going to a blind. Completely different applications. So um, the best thing to do is definitely to call customer service or you know message me on instagram something like that but you really kind of narrow it down by size and if the external frame is the option that you want to go to we have so many different bags and so many different size ranges and and really you just pick the one you know within your size range that that's going to work with your application and and then the one that you like the configuration the best because we have so many pockets, accessories that you can add onto the bag to really customize it to meet your application and the needs the best for you. And then fitting a frame is really there's, you know, there's some difficulty to it, but but not a whole lot. We do have a couple different sizes and if, you know, if you're bigger Kind of the rule of thumb is about 5, 10, 32 inch inseam. Um, and we just take your height and inseam to kind of get your torso length. And we actually just released a video on our uh, Instagram page kind of going over this. But about 5, 10, 32 inch inseam can go with a 24 inch frame or a 26 inch frame. And if you're, if you're, I don't know, six foot to six, you know, taller with with a 32 inch inseam or if you're even six foot with a 34 inch inseam you're right in that range where you could go with with a 24 or a 26 so if you're a bigger guy you know maybe maybe six one 220 the size of Aaron he he can go with a 24 inch frame but for those heavier loads the 26 is going to benefit him a little bit more so it's um it's really based on your size and if you do have questions then it's best to, you know, contact us and, and get those answered. So what is, what is the larger frame, the, the extra height of the frame? Do that? 
So that just helps, um, it gives you more load lifting capabilities. So once you have it loaded up heavy, like you're packing an animal out, it makes that load a little bit more comfortable for you, the taller the frame is. Okay. And then, so where should the actual, like the frame and the load lifters and stuff like that actually sit on a person? Um, so it, it kind of depends on, on how much weight you have in the pack. If you have, you know, your, your day gear for about 25 pounds, you want, you, you don't want a very steep angle because that's going to, uh, make the pack kind of shift back and forth on your back. So the lower the angle, the the closer the weight is to your body and it's a little bit easier to maneuver. And, you know, I've, I've played a lot around a lot with that myself just because, uh, I, use, I run the 24 inch frame, which is maybe just, just a touch too tall, but I just run the load lifters a little bit lower. So it all works out for me. Um, but then when I have it loaded up heavy, I, I move those load lifters up a little bit taller to about a 45 degree angle. And that gives me um, enough lift up off my shoulders to make that load more comfortable. So about, you know, 60, 80 plus pounds, 60 for me, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not as strong as Aaron, but for them, Six you know, is a pretty heavy pack <laughs> for, for, for anybody. Yeah. I mean, realistically 60 pounds, pretty heavy pack i mean i can understand it yeah like doing stuff he does going out right 10 days on a whatever hunt but i mean that's a heavy pack yeah yes it's, yes. it's one thing if you're <laughs> just packing something out but which unfortunately i haven't been lucky enough to do yet yeah but, um packing in 60 pounds it's it's decent that's i throw i throw about 60 normally about this time of year i'm going out and i'm doing a lot of uh a lot of rucking mm-hmm. and I throw I throw in a, a sixty pound sandbag in my pack and and uh head out and do a, try and do as much conditioning as I can, even though I don't have the elevation. Yeah. Which is a whole nother whole nother ball of wax to get into there with <laughs> elevation oh, <yeah>. sickness and <laughs> acclimation and 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 that's I don't care what you do. There's yeah. That's a whole that. that's a whole other demon that you just cannot ever beat. Well, that's like what what elevation did you come from when you're out in Utah? Then I mean, you had to be lower than it's, where you're at now. It's a right? little bit lower, but it's not significantly lower. I think it's you know maybe uh, eight hundred feet to a thousand at most, and and I th- I really think it's probably closer between six hundred to eight hundred feet. So not oh, not, not significant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming out like me, where I'm like five something. <laughs> that's or well, actually, I think I'm 480 something. So yeah. Right where right where I'm at, it's low. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, you gotta That's... come in early to get acclimated to Denver before you go up into the mountains. Well, yeah, I was a little further south when I came up. Okay. Or came out west, but um, yeah, I was. I think I was came in and whatever town, first town that we were in out there. Uh, I don't know. I think like eight. 8,000 yeah. somewhere in there, 8,800 8, <laughs> maybe at the high point of town. Yeah. I don't know. It was getting up there. Then we just went higher from there. It was not good, yeah. at least for the first about three days, I'd say. Then it, then it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Then I was just wishing I did more conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I 
I, I do that. I mean, I hike, I hike quite a bit once it gets warmer. Um, and even when I'm going up there, I I'm like, man, I have trained so much. I hike, you know, a few times a week, at least I'm in the gym. I feel like I'm fit. And then I throw a pack on my back and go hike. And I'm, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a new kid in school. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not prepared ever but it's I don't think you can ever really be prepared for that you know you can you can condition yourself as much as you can but it's still gonna hurt no matter what unless you spend about 180 days in the field 150. <laughs> yes yes but then you're doing all right I'm guessing but so uh let's get back to the packs a little bit though okay. like we're uh like your kidney belt and all that kind of stuff. Where should that be riding on? So it, it's kind of nice because the center of the belt is your your indicator. And you want that, that stitch line that goes down the middle to rest at the top of your hip bone. So that rests right at the bony part of your hip. And that's mm-hmm. kind of your the base of your fit. So once you get that belt in place, that's going to place the, the lumbar pad in the correct spot and just kind of set the fit for your whole frame and then like chest buckle or clavicle i think that's the biggest one that like i'm always jacked with it trying <laughs> to adjust it because i'm either getting pinched or i loosen it up or raise it up higher and i don't know it seems like i i never know how to adjust it right and it's never quite comfortable yeah that 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 sternum strap across the front honestly i don't even wear mine usually i i'll wear mine to keep it out of the way of of my bow so i don't have any malfunctions there but once you once you get everything fitted correctly because putting on our packs is you know it's not like putting on any other backpack you have to start with the load lifters a little bit loose the straps a little bit loose and get your belt on there first in the correct place and then you cinch up your shoulder straps to where they're, you know, you've got good contact with your shoulder. And then you snug up those load lifters. And once you snug up those load lifters, it's going to pull up off your shoulder just a touch to where you can uh, slide like your fingers uh, on the back of your shoulder. So there's just just enough of a gap to where it's pulling up off your shoulders. And then from there, you really just want the sternum strap in the front in a spot where it will, it'll, it'll ride um, comfortably for you. But the only function of that sternum strap is to keep the straps from splaying out off your shoulder. It's, I see so many pictures where people tighten that sternum strap and just reef on it and pull it clear inside the, like in the, like the center of their chest. And, and that's just going to cause so many fitting issues. And, you know, displacement for the load and make it a lot more uncomfortable for you carrying the load. So I'm not going to lie. I think <laughs> I, I do that. sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, and sometimes like that, that's kind of the beauty of our packs is sometimes you're the, the weight is designed to rest on your hips and sometimes your hips are just going to get tired. So you can adjust the weight to where it's riding on your hips Sometimes you can adjust, you know, reef on that sternum strap, get it to a little different spot on your shoulders. It's, 
because once you have it so heavy, it's just going to be miserable. But you can, you know, change change where the load is riding on your body, which is really nice. Yeah, that's like my first ten ruck, I would say, <laughs> and I really I crank on that that strap just change the 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 feel on my shoulders, you mm-hmm. know, and then take the weight off, and then I'll switch. I don't know. I'm constantly playing with it, especially when when your body's. I mean, if you're just not used to carrying that weight, when I, when when I go out and I start doing it, it's like, oh my gosh, this crazy yeah and then you know about the 10th time you're out there and you got you know 40 miles or whatever <laughs> underneath your belt then then it's fine then then you're i guess calloused up a little bit where you, yeah you don't have the sissy, sissy oh, yeah. shoulders anymore <laughs> yeah yeah my first few trips up when when we go do backpack cardio my first trips are oh they're miserable <laughs> my whole body hurts so bad but then you know after third or fourth you're like okay my body's a little bit more used to it. I, we can do this. <laughs> so you uh you got into uh the fitness thing and that's what got you into the beat, the pure pure meat and the aspect of the hunting and the challenge, obviously, right? Yes. That's kinda where that went. But then what would you say was kind of the hardest thing like trying to get past or trying to learn when getting into hunting? Um I mean, I really struggled with all of it because I didn't, I didn't have that, that person there to, to kind of help me get in the right, get headed in the right direction. Um, obviously I had my dad, but he lived, uh, in my hometown, which is, was about three hours away from where I was currently living. Um, so I, I didn't really have him that close and he didn't bow hunt which is what I was more interested in doing and I mean I got into it all by myself I had a lot of friends that were that that shot bows I I was a very frequent visitor of the archery shop (laughs) a shout out to wild arrow um (laughs) but I I mean I was there all the time a lot of my friends there had their husbands had boyfriends something like that that were there to you know to take them out hunting or help them with this or that. And I was, I mean, I was all by myself. I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to get into this thing uh, that I had no idea about. And I mean, that, that whole part was really difficult. It was, I, I didn't want to get headed down like the wrong road. I didn't want to be going off bad information anything like that but I didn't I wasn't really at a point where I knew what good information was and so I just you know I did all the research I could I was online um, reading about hunting everything I could find I was you know I was reading trying to determine what to you know what to take take in what to be a little bit more hesitant about and so I mean it it, it was all pretty difficult but but it was worth it <laughs> so what was the first thing you went after them was was it i mean other than the antelope when you when you started actually going boat was it when you went to hawaii then yeah yep um that was the first i think i i tried to to go out turkey hunting here in colorado but when i moved here i i moved here in the middle of august and so i wasn't a, a resident in colorado i was like i, I um I didn't go yeah, hunting a... that first year. I I tagged along, but I didn't hunt anything myself. 
And so I think I maybe went turkey hunting for like a day <laughs> before right. before that, but that was it. So so nothing really all that intensive. Yeah. I mean plus an elk tag for a non resident is cheap. Yeah. And yeah, and that's I mean, I just moved here. I was like, I can't afford a, an elk tag. So so I right. just tagged along and you know, tried to tried to learn from the people I was with. So earlier you said uh, all season. Were you talking elk season or or like mule deer? Did you draw a mule deer tag or what? Yeah. So what were you going after? So this this last year, um, 2019, I had I just did an over the counter elk and then I drew a deer tag. So because it was an over the counter, I put a little bit more focus on the deer tag, and I was I think I chased uh deer like four of the five weekends um that I hunted in and then I think I I put in a couple days chasing elk but I I really focused on that deer tag and I was with a couple friends for the first five days we went out opening day uh the first five days of the season and then um I was all all by myself the rest of the season did you guys backpack in or was it like a truck camp? Yeah. Yeah. We backpacked in and then we, we ended up moving a couple different spots. Uh, but, <laughs> and that goes along, you know, hunting partners are very diff. Good hunting partners are, are very difficult <laughs> to find. <laughs> right. You gotta, yeah, definitely have to mesh with the person, especially if you're going to be out there that long. Yeah. You yeah, can, uh, and, figure some things out. <laughs> yeah, that's about each other for sure. <laughs> You've got to have the same ideas too, <laughs> because I was going out there. You know, I'm like, all right, we're gonna grind. We're gonna put in five days in the high country hiking, all this stuff. And they were like, oh, I don't even want to hike. And I was just like, I would. What? Yeah, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, like hold on <laughs> what <laughs> and, what are you gonna do yeah. truck spot is yeah. that what they're gonna do is road hunt yeah i was like you uh. know we we kind of have to hike to find the animals like they're not just gonna come to us and i mean especially we're, we're hunting deer like you can't call deer and so that <laughs> that was a little <laughs> that that was eye-opening that was very eye-opening right? for me and and that That's, was a big reason yeah. why I was by myself the rest of the season because you know I'm like well I've got me <laughs> and I'm the only one I can count on right now so let's go. So did you backpack all the way in, or I mean, you were backcountry hunting by yourself out of your pack? Yes. Yeah. For how many how many days did you do that? <laughs> um, I'm curious. This it was cool. just it was just an overnight. So okay. I did I did a, a solo trip uh, scouting earlier in like mid-August. I, I went up around my birthday. That was kind of my birthday party was my solo backpacking trip. And Sounds like a great birthday to me. I'm uh, just saying, but. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And I mean, I, I never, ever, ever dreamed that I could do that by myself. I was, I mean, I was terrified. I almost talked myself out of it hundreds of times but I was like you know what I need to go do this and so I just you know I just did it and I it was awesome I felt super accomplished all of that and then 
once hunting season came along, I'm like, well, you know, I, I know I can do it by myself. So I hiked in and uh, set up. I, I actually almost got a shot on a doe. I, I wasn't really, I mean, I'm not trophy hunting by any means. And I got my bow drawn back, but I, I wasn't able to get an arrow actually sent the 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 doe ran away so but it was it happened it, it was a very good learning experience and i i mean i learned a lot by getting up there and making the mistakes that i, I did how much extra crap did you have in your pack that you thought <laughs> oh my god i'm never carrying this again because i know like day i think it was like day two i dumped a bunch of stuff and then it was day three and i'm like you know what I'm not, I'm not even taking my, like I had a pistol, <laughs> pistol on my pack. I'm like, this, this is staying in the truck. Yeah. I don't need this. And then I had the bear spray. And it was yeah. like day four. I was like, you know what? You've got bear spray <laughs> on your pack. What do I need that for? Yeah. <laughs> my wife didn't like that response, but I'll tell you what I did. I sure as heck felt a lot lighter. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when I go by myself, I, I do pack a pistol because I, I, it's not necessarily the animals I'm worried about. It's honestly, I'm worried about, you know, maybe men being out there and being like, Oh, here's this girl all by herself. Let's, you know, take advantage of that. So that is a terrible thing to have to think about. Yes. I can honestly say, I mean, from, from like a man's perspective, I would have never even thought of that. Yeah. But yeah. Men don't really have to think about that. But as a female, I definitely have to think about that. So I do definitely carry a pistol, which is probably the heaviest <laughs> thing. Well, that yeah. I mean, oh, I really, why did I bring this? But I know I, I, I need that for that peace of mind. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's especially, I mean, once it's like, I, I even thought about, okay, well, if I take my pistol with me and I drop out, you know, like five rounds or seven rounds out of it. Yeah. So I've only got a couple. <laughs> And I'm like, no, that's stupid. Just leave the whole thing. But yeah. at the same time, we were rifle hunting. So, I mean, I did have oh, yeah. a rifle. You know, you know. so it was like, why why carry two guns? This is, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah, you yeah. need to. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it was just one of the things that I, I was like, okay, yeah. drop this weight. Drop this weight. Yeah. Don't need that. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. I really, I mean, my pack was heavy, but not, there was nothing. Like, I went through it and I'm like, what? what can I drop and, you know, to drop weight, but there was nothing, nothing that I could take out. I, I've, I've got my gear list pretty dialed just with all the, like the summer backpacking that I'm able to do. And then like the scouting trips, I've got everything pretty dialed and I'll change a few things, you know, depending on the weather, um, like the expected weather and just how cold how warm it is and kind of gear changes but um not a lot that's inside my pack actually changes yeah that's i mean i've even really taken my whole western like other than you know my pack with any overnight stuff or anything like that but as far as like clothing layering i use my western hunt western hunting clothes for whitetail hunting here yeah i mean and it's crazy that okay you know i've got i've got puffy layers that i pack in and then i'll throw those on once i'm up in the tree stand and then 
I've got my rain gear. So if the wind starts blowing, I'll put that on and that's enough to block the wind. And I've got my insulation. I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, most whitetail hunters are not wearing that or doing that really. <laughs> I mean, it's starting to come around more, Yeah. but, um, and then, so I've got a little bit of advice for you because oh, I know different. you went on that whitetail hunt. Um, you, uh, I heard you complaining about your feet being <laughs> being froze and cold. Oh my gosh, they were so cold. <laughs> well, I I could tell you I've been through that a lot, especially whitetail hunting. You know, yeah, <laughs> here in the Midwest it gets cold, <laughs> and uh, I gotta say when you're not moving around, it's a little bit different. And um, the one thing I've learned, I I've tried all different kinds of boots, and my biggest thing is my feet they get hot, wet, and then they get cold. Yeah. So, I mean, I had like 2,500 grams of insulate boots before, and I'd wear those. <laughs> and it was okay, like climbing a ladder stand, but say you're using a climber, they don't even fit in, in the foot straps of the climber to climb up in the tree. Yeah. So I started wearing just Western hunting boots, uninsulated, almost all of the season. Wow. Or I wear my rubber boots that are like, I don't know, maybe I think like 600 grams of insulate. Not much. Yeah. But the key is, last year I went out and I bought some boot cover. They're insulated boot cover. Yeah. And they, they're lightweight. You can roll them up or, like, slip them in an outer pouch or a sleeve of your pack. And then once you're up there in the tree and you're settled in, throw those on. And if it's really cold, you can take a hand warmer, throw it in there. It's, like, one of the greatest. Ooh, yeah. So we had that cold snap in November. And I mean, it was like wind chill negative, double negative digits. Yeah. Didn't even notice my feet. They were not cold wow. the whole time. I could not believe it. It was. It was yeah, you're like going to have to send thing me ever. a link for those little. Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it was, it, it was like, why have I not done this before? Yeah. I know so many hunts were ruined by the fact that I was just so cold. Yeah. And my feet were froze and you're shivering and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, you there was one stupid. night, one night in Wisconsin. I think it was. Um, well, you you were there in November, right? Yeah, it I was like I, the I was there the first two weeks of November. The the first week of November. So yeah, that's when it got cold. <laughs> Halloween, yeah, and oh my gosh, there was one night my feet were seriously numb, and I was I and it was it was the tallest stand we'd been in the whole time. It was like we're like close to thirty feet in the air. And I'm sitting up there the whole time. I'm like, my feet are numb. Like, I cannot feel my feet. I was terrified to climb out of the stand. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be able to feel my feet. I'm not going to be able to, to feel the steps. And I am going to eat it down this tree. And we're 30 feet in the air. Like, that's I like uh, to hunt super high like that. And there's a few people that I know that give me a lot of crap. You don't need to hunt that high. You don't need to be that high. I don't know. It just makes me feel invincible. That's why I like to do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's what <laughs> I like being that high, Yeah. but, um, oh, you're going to put a bad shot. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. It's like, man, okay, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. If it makes me feel better, even yeah. though, yes, the higher you get, the colder it is. That wind just cuts, oh. cuts right through. And then it's when you ground hunt, you know, and I haven't ground hunted in a long time. I, I have, I don't think I've ground hunted on public yet, which, I probably should. Do. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just 
that wind really cuts you when you're up there. It does. And that was a whole new thing because, you know, I've, I've got my gear system dialed for Western hunting and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, I probably have some idea what to expect out when I go out to the Midwest. And then I got out there and I was like, no, no, I had, I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> and See, it, I changed every the first morning. I was like, all right, I am changing <laughs> this and this and this. <laughs> That's where you should have taken that lost park with you. Yeah. The problem with it is it's loud. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I had yeah. it with me, yeah. but I was like, it's just, it's just a little too loud. So if I were to try to draw my bow with that on, I I would get caught just right off the bat yeah i didn't realize but okay that makes sense but yeah it would have been a good (laughs) because i love like i'll put on i've got like a super compressible down puffy yeah that i always throw that in in my pack for my top and then i've got um ah what are they they're the the full zip ones from first light that are puffy and i throw those in there too because so light yeah i mean that will make or break that extra layer. And sometimes I don't even put them on, but if I start getting cold, I will throw those on and that, that makes it where I can stay out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, if you're miserable out there and if you like your body's numb, (laughs) you're not going to have a good time and you may be able to endure it, but I would rather at least, I mean, I can handle the cold, but I can't handle being that cold. Like, not that miserable cold. Yeah, it gets brutal. Yeah. But that's like, that's my favorite. That's <laughs> like my birthday time to hunt is the whitetail rut. Oh. So, I mean, yeah. I'm so gonna... I'm out there. Yeah. So I, it's it always works out that my birthday, except for sometimes my birthday falls on shotgun season. Yeah. And it kind of disappoints me a little bit. Yeah. Because most of the time, especially... I'm public here. It's site site specific tag, kind of like a hunt unit, but it's just one piece of property. Yeah. And uh, you don't always draw. So then obviously I'm sitting at home on my birthday or I just (laughs) go to work and who wants to do that? Right. Right. So, (laughs) but yeah, definitely check out. I'll send you the link to those boot covers. Okay. Yes. I honestly felt (laughs) stupid. Not. I, and and my buddy and I talked about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've had some for years, but I never took them along because they were bigger, they were bulkier, and this and that. And so I went to the store, and I bought a pair for me, and I bought a pair for him. Yeah. And we both tried them out that day, and we're we're hiking out at the same time when we get back to the truck. And he's like, man, it was pretty cold, wasn't it? <laughs> he's looking at his phone telling me it was pretty cold. And I'm like, well, what was the temp? He's like, it was like negative 19 with the wind chill on. Wow. Really? Didn't feel like that. But oh. that was, uh, I remember seeing Mark Kenyon had a post, and I don't know if you follow him or not, but um, he had a post where he was out hunting trying to get like a target buck or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was listed all the clothing he had on, and it was like three pairs of socks, two pairs of gloves <laughs> with a, a pair of like nitrile gloves on underneath or something. I couldn't remember, and I'm like, holy cow what the heck <laughs> that's all how my thought my first thought was how are you even going to draw your bow back yeah <laughs> yeah or get up and get up in the tree and how do your boots fit with, it, with yeah. the three pairs of socks on <laughs> but yes. yeah that totally 
totally game changer right yeah. there. So yeah, you're going to have to get you a pair of those if you're coming back <laughs> to go whitetail hunt. Yeah, I hopefully I'll be back out there again. So I I definitely have many, like have a little list going on of, <laughs> of all the little changes I need to make. Yeah, that's that's a good one to to add to the list. And I like I said, I felt stupid. Yeah, so stupid, not ever doing that before. <laughs> but it's a game changer. Yes. Oh my gosh, I need that. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty much all the questions I really had for you. Okay. Um, is you want to tell people where they can find you? Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh Instagram's where I'm most active. Uh and it I think it's just Dana underscore Monroe. And then obviously Kafaru is a really good uh account to follow as well. And I think that's Kafaru underscore INTL. I I do also run that page, so I can help answer any questions on on there as well. So what what's the plans if all this COVID stuff uh goes away before elk season oh well uh... hopefully it goes away but if not i'll still (laughs) be out in the mountains hunting something (laughs) unless unless they shut you down yeah they'll have to they'll have to come in the back country and find me first so (laughs) i like it yeah i like that response (laughs) yeah (laughs) but so definitely elk hunting huh yeah yep i'll be elk hunting hopefully uh have a deer tag um hopefully maybe a later season rifle tag get into a little bit of that and then hopefully i'll be out in the midwest again this year out in wisconsin chasing nice. some more whitetails that's pretty cool yeah. i hope you get to do that too yeah me um, too <laughs> yeah so it's good talking to you thanks for coming on yeah. and uh sharing some knowledge about some packs and stuff and definitely your experiences yeah i appreciate it yeah thank you Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you could check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv oh that's awesome don't miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment